3: call Hey Hey Hello everybody Welcome It is not an Eight hour flight But you are welcome At any time To do high knees In the aisle The captain has Turned the seatbelt Light off And we uh, Encourage you To keep your body In tip touch Sit down Russ Sit down Two hours of film, one hour of high knees, two hours of treatment, one hour of shoulder rotations, a nap, and another hour of film. Did Give you him watch s- the video of Russ talking about it? Yeah, yeah. Can I say something about the video of Russ talking about it? I thought he came off as uh, pretty likable in that video,
4: even though he's describing a very annoying thing. I would imagine he was asked what he did in the flight, right? He didn't impromptu bring it up, I would hope. <laughs> Guys, before we get started,
3: uh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess he would.
4: It could just be as simple as like, what'd you, do on, what'd you do on the flight? Could be.
3: Yeah, it'd be a good question. To, I mean, astute question by somebody. I wouldn't <laughs> particularly care what he did, but.
4: Well, well, part of it, right, he's been hurt. Like, how do you, are you worried about your hamstring on the long flight? What if that's just a kind of basic question? Could be. Again, I would give that credit for a very specific question to whoever did that yeah you know, I'll give him credit. i I thought the answer was pretty douchey N- not you're right the the execution, like his, his actual talking, he yeah. was kind of smiling in a good mood. Yeah. to me, it's more about like there's like an unspoken thing. I think with the quarterbacks and the coaches, you know, coaches don't constantly speak about what time they're getting up because no yeah. one really wants to hear how it. many hours of film they watch. yeah, I, I think most of them are almost like uh there's an insecurity about being careful about not speaking about it. I think quarterbacks kind of like that too. Like, we don't truly know what a quarterback's week works, looks like, but we kind of know like Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, some of these guys do come crazy shit, but we never really hear them. Like, uh, remember when the dude that retired from the Saints, who then became their play by play guy, the offensive lineman, I think Striff or whatever, and he was like crying and he's like, when we would send Drew Brees Thai food on Thursday nights because we were all headed home and he was banging out the film. You know,
3: but I think even then, if you even know the time of it, you don't really know what is it. There's different ways to watch film. You could just sit and watch. That's not usually what watching film is considered like watching film is considered like, quote unquote, grinding the tape. Right. Watching the same play over and over and over and over and And taking notes how you're going to use. Yeah. And then maybe taking shadow snaps like breeze like that's watching the tape. You know, Russell takes shadow snaps too. Russ does take, yeah, Russell does take shadow snaps. That's true. I think, what do you know, one of the insecurities is one of the insecurities, like you don't want to say that you want, you don't want to put a number on all the film you watch and then get beat. And it's like, dude, you must be an idiot. You just watched 30 hours of film and you got beat by 20. That's not good.
4: I think it's just one of those things that comes along with it, like part of being a head coach or Probably being a quarterback. Yeah, you get paid more money to work longer. It's it's you know it's like in your profession with uh, when you're calling a game. You know, I think sometimes there's there's one bald guy who annoys the shit out of me. Uh, he won't now Sean McDonough who loves showing off his like we get it Sean. You wrote all the players on your big board. your work hard. Like yeah, it's part of the. Oh, deal. you mean the fact that he's holding his board, but not just holding it. Like I, I think he likes it to be seen.
3: It's possible. I mean, I will say there's the possibility that a play happens while you're standing there and you've got a quick reference, right? You remember like when Buck and Aikman were doing their stand up, and then the Seahawks or the Broncos went for it on fourth down and they weren't. Part of that was they were not actually sometimes when you're standing up, you're not looking at the field, which is the case in that Seattle booth. From what I've been told, I,
4: part part of having the number one job, whether the CEO, the head coach, the the Joe Buck. Yeah, it's assumed that you're You're grinding, working hard and like, no, that's what's the money's for. And then it's for you to just get the job done. Right. Yeah, I I I, give a lot of it doesn't matter what time the CEO of Wells Fargo actually gets in or leaves as long as the company's thriving. Right. It's expected that he's working hard.
3: I give a lot of credit to the guy that makes it look easy because they've
4: worked so hard. Right.
3: As opposed to telling me how hard they've worked.
4: Yeah. I just think like I don't remember just like the crew of the elite guys, Tom. Peyton and Drew Brees. Let's put them in the umbrella. Even Rodgers. Like I don't know nothing about Rodgers' work habits. I, I I think it's pretty clear. Like he's not just going through the motions. Like right. You know. I, I, to me, the bigger issue would be. This is the NFL, right? I mean, there are. If you're just working a union job, most people clock in, clock out. M- most guys on the team, right? The starting right guard might be a random guy making two million bucks. But I bet what if there's a chance like, you know, this guy's one of the hardest workers on our team. No one knows. Like Patrick Sertan. Like, what if he's just like, this guy's a fucking grinder. But no one. It's just we're all kind of grinding. Like, Russell, you're around a bunch of grinders. And then you kind of suck and you're pumping your chest. I. I, It's just it's cheeseball levels to the highest form. And it's also like I'm kind of superior in a way, even though I don't think he's. Thinks he's
3: doing it. What if he's just sharing the wealth? Like here, here's everything I've learned over my career. And I want other people to know all you high school kids out there, you know, eight-hour bus ride, high knees in
4: the aisles. Because I think the plane, I think the plane ride in general, whether you're working in finance, flying across the country, or you're an NFL player flying from Denver to London, coach included, is kind of nap time. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll yeah yeah yeah
4: whether you're peyton manning john elway but or things up. can happen to your body john eight hour flight you know i don't think it would be that weird if he said like yeah we we did some treatment on the plane like that'd be pretty normal i just left it at that yeah so it's I not the doing it it's, hamstring. it's the telling i think the high knee thing and then when he claimed that he went nap and then right back to watching film one hour nap and then back to film <laughs> yeah
3: yeah that's right uh by the way that game uh public service announcement that game is at 6 30 a.m. Pacific time on ESPN Plus. On I got Sunday ESPN morning. Plus. I got the plus. I got the plus as well. Uh, it's at 6 30 a.m. on the plus. Uh, Broncos Jags. So, you know, if you didn't if you didn't know who was playing and I told you the time and you said no, then you heard it was Broncos Jags. Obviously, now everyone's setting their alarms as they listen to this or watch this live. Well,
4: I wouldn't have known it was Jags. Obviously, you just, once you hear Russ talk, you know they're in London, right? Yeah, but if you didn't know there was a London
3: game, you might just be kind of like, what is he talking about? You know, what's going on?
4: Well, but he, when you watch him talk, he talks about the eight-hour flight. You just start doing, like, where is an eight-hour flight? Like, is Mexico City get a game? <laughs> I, no, I know, but you just, I do think, like, you think, like, well, the, did they get, they have to circle the
3: airport? Was there bad weather? Oh, middle-of-the-week flight, though, I I think a lot of people. I don't think most people's immediate reaction is they must be in London.
4: Yeah, I I don't know what people's be reaction was. It'd be just weird, like most why must have had a strong headwind? You know, why is he an eight fly hour east, flight Are the they flying the east week? west? Trade winds? I would have no clue. If you told me who they were playing, that's how I found out they were playing in London. The eight-hour flight. So maybe I'm just assuming. If you would have said who are they playing? Yeah, I would have been like. <sighs> Vikings, I don't know. I get, they already played in London like 3 weeks ago, so I fuck, I don't know. I would have had no clue. Yeah. Well, that's who it is, John. Uh for everybody watching this, great to have you watching. Hit that uh,
3: like button, hit the subscribe button as well. We appreciate that on YouTube if you're watching it live or after the fact. Whatever, time doesn't matter. Uh it's uh it it is in your control. It is in your control as the consumer. If you are listening to this podcast, it's great to have you. We are um live on on YouTube right now. This is before Thursday Night Football, but uh, if you're listening to the podcast, thank you for that. Five-star review. Leave an Apple podcast review, and um, leave us a question in that review. That's how you get in the Haberman and Middlecoff mailbag, which is uh, scheduled to return at a later date. We are sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Tito's Handmade Vodka. It is numero uno in El America. Tito's.
4: I, I, uh, Lully, be quiet. I went to, uh, Tebanyaki. Tito's for, loves for, dogs. For, I think, the second, oh, they love dogs. We got your back, The Second time in my life. And, uh, had three Tito's and sodas last night. Tebanyaki mm-hmm. at, uh, what's the place called? Benihana. Benihana. Look at you. <laughs> you ever Great been to a Benihana? Uh I've been to one Benihana, yes. Pretty good food, not gonna lie. Now, yeah. they do see you, if, unless you go with, you know, it's like a golf you know, uh, outing. You know, that's you better right. bring four to the foursome because if yes. you bring three, they're putting you with a random guy. So if you go with two, there are about eight other tables and you end up sitting next to other random oh, people. Oh, happy birthday. Wow. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's not ideal, <laughs> but regardless, that's what Tito's is for. Had some Tito's sodas, had some uh, steak teriyaki, uh, some chicken fried rice, and it was fantastic. Recommend Benny Hanna. Also recommend Tito's and sodas go right along with it. So, uh, Tebanyaki for the win.
3: Yeah. Uh, Tito's, John, you know what we used to tell you all the time about Tito's? Doing it right is more important than doing it easy. And Tito's uses old-fashioned pot stills. They taste test every batch. The process is similar to that used to make single malt scotches and high-end French cognacs. It requires more skill. Yes. 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 It requires more effort. Yes. That's right. But sometimes the best things are worth doing right. and tito's is well worth it tito's handmade vodka uh share us uh share with us your photos tag us all that kind of stuff
4: well guys this is i that. mean it's halloween ain't for john middlecoff and i doubt it's for haberman though he better be handing out candy you know uh halloween. i like the i like halloween vibes so this is i'm sure a big you know for our younger listeners and i bet you know there's some older too a lot of halloween parties friday saturday if you're drinking tito's and sodas Tag our ass. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Tag. Not literally, physically. Let's ride my ass. (laughs) (laughs) Let's ride my ass
3: uh that's right there's so many great halloween recipes on the atitosvodka.com not that uh, they're telling us to promote that but i just think it's a great resource i'm always trying to figure out what should i make what do you put so go check it out there's all kinds of great drinks there or just go with the old standards people always love your john daly your ginger and beer your Tito's and soda um you know all great options as well get some get some ginger beer on on uh uh, in stock. I mean, you can get it at Trader Joe's cheap. Highly recommend. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume. Namely, 80 proof. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Thank Woo! you, Tito's. We love you. We're also sponsored by ButcherBox.com slash am. Spelled H-A-M ButcherBox.com slash Ham. Right now, you get a free turkey oh. in your first box when you go to
4: ButcherBox.com slash Ham and use the code Ham. Yep. Do it right now. ButcherBox.com slash ham. Get a free turkey. You go there. You curate a box. You can get some ground beef. You get some free range chicken. You get some ribeye steaks. They even have ribs. A lot of different meats. Put it together. When you use our promo code, ButcherBox.com slash ham, they give you a free turkey. This little thing, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Thanksgiving. It's right around the corner. There are three NFL games that day. Which thank you, Jesus, for supplying us with those. Started at 10, then at one. And even the, it, even,
3: even the Lions. Even the Lions. That's
4: it's their day. You know, it's it's their day. I don't know how they got grandfathered in, but they sure as hell got grandfathered in with the ten A. M. kickoff, always in Detroit. So uh yeah, get on it right now. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Get yourself a
3: free turkey. Yeah, Peace of mind, ultimate convenience, free shipping in the continental United States, no surprise fees, incredible value, a range of high-quality cuts, and the main course for Thanksgiving dinner is done. No stress. ButcherBox.com slash ham. Code ham gets you one 10 to 14-pound turkey, foe free in your box. That's ButcherBox.com slash ham, and use code ham to claim this
4: deal. If you want a good little nugget that I learned last night at Benihana when you're sitting next, eating to a random guy, Rocky Aoki, who I didn't really know who that was, was a guy that founded Benihana. And obviously Steve it ben. became really big. I think he eventually sold it to like a VC firm, uh, cashed out or still maybe owns a piece, but whatever. He's really famous in the in the, uh, that community, right? In the chef community, restaurant community. His son is Steve Aoki, the uh, famous DJ. Didn't know that. Honestly, I didn't know who Rocky was, but yeah, I learned last night. And Steve's a son, and this guy was adamant that Steve always tried to keep it quiet because he wanted to go off his own merit of his mm. own talents as a DJ. Not that he was handed this, you know, kind of trajectory in life because his dad was a famous, famous restaurateur. Steve is a legendary worker, like Steve, the, the DJ. <laughs> yeah, for like yeah. incredible. Like to the point that his
3: life has suffered because of how hard of a worker he is um wouldn't you imagine I, he gets that from old rocky yeah i think there's a family fight over rocky's wealth going on and i don't think i i don't think steve is necessarily involved in it i think there's other family members kind of fighting i think rocky has is rocky still with us Um, uh, i think so yeah oh okay well let me let me double check that maybe there's an impending family fight.
4: maybe i made that up i don't that's what i had heard you know any of these people? No, I don't know any of them. <laughs> well, here's one thing: when you bring up Rocky, no, excuse me, Rocky died in 2008, so Rocky's okay. been gone for about 15 years. Rip, Rocky. Uh, Rocky's got a lot of kids, bro. Yeah, Kevin, so Steve, nice. Kanye, Echo, Jennifer, Kevin, Kyle. I mean, he's got a big fucking. Rocky was getting to do it in. Now, Rocky's yeah. been married about you know three times. Yeah. So that so that story unfortunately makes sense. And and Rocky. I would imagine, was filthy rich at this point. His third wife was married in 02 and obviously passed away at, in 08. So Rocky mm. got married late. At when what age? Well, 38 to 08 is, I'm guessing that's a 70. Uh, died at 69. So Rocky would have got married at about 64.
3: Gotcha. Uh, Yosu says Tito's Cotito. Ca- ca- how do you say that? Is that? Did I say it right? Uh, co-hito? For the holiday. Like I didn't know what it was. I just cojito cojito <laughs> I just went to the, uh, to the Tito's website and guess what? They have the recipe Tito's handmade vodka, sweetened condensed milk, evaporated milk, cream of coconut, vanilla extract, ground cinnamon and ground nutmeg.
4: It's funny. Like, uh, when you go to Rocky's Wikipedia page, it says children seven, including it just says the number seven and then semicolon, including Steve. And then his daughter, Devin, who is, uh, an actress Oh, in so Fast and the two, Furious, yeah, two famous. Also,
3: or two, I'm not sure which,
4: but well, there's about 17 of them. So, coquito, 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 coquito. coquito. My, my guy last night doing doing Yaki, he was pretty good. You know, with the with the flames, moves. onions Sa- said he, and just the egg going around. Mm. Said he practiced with a golf ball at home when he was coming up.
3: <laughs> Genius! That thing's got to be hard to uh, corral.
4: Yeah, so <laughs> impressive.
3: Very good. All right, everybody, uh, let's dive into a few things, including this. As we record this Thursday, the uh, 49ers had uh, headed out to the practice field. And uh, no Debo Samuel or Juwan Jennings, reading from David Lombardi's Twitter, at the start of Niners' practice, both dealing with hamstring injuries, very significant potential implications. He wrote, Uh, of course, Cal Shanahan's been talking about this. Cal Shanahan mentioned this on Wednesday in his press conference. When asked Wednesday about Debo's progress his answer was quote unquote making progress so you know does Debo being out of a practice on a Thursday mean Debo's not going to play on a Sunday no Debo is high on the list of guys that can miss practices and play but given how impactful Debo Samuel was in the last meeting he was 36 percent of the 49ers offense mostly receiving he only had two carries in that day um, and he scored one home run touchdown. One of the maybe some some claimed maybe the best touchdown of his career. Uh, this is significant. And the Niners talked a ton of shit as a result of you know on Debo's back. Like when I close
4: when I close my eyes and think of the 49ers beating the Rams, I envision a shitload of Debo Samuel plays, starting with that one. But last year, guy he obviously had some incredible plays in that week 18 game. I mean, he threw a touchdown. Remember him taking over, just running the ball and him, the catch that he had on Jalen Ramsey on that final two minute drive. I, I, this would be a pretty, I understand they made a big trade and we'll get to McCaffrey, but it it would be a significant loss. I even think an underrated thing. And we talk about like a, uh, I, I give Lewis Riddick credit on this one. I just saw his Instagram. I think he's on Shad Khan's yacht right now in London. That it cause he like hashtag yacht life on his oh, Instagram. cause it is
3: on he's calling the game.
4: Yeah. So the thing you learn in the NFL, because you can look at a unit, you go, God, this guy's have the best offensive line in the league. You're two injuries away from an area of strength becoming an area of weakness. Like if Juwan Jennings is their third wide receiver, Debo's, you know, it's weird. Like, is Ayuk at the end of the year gonna have more catches than him? Debo's, you know, their best most complete offensive weapon. And you remove those two guys, so you're all. You basically just have Brandon Ayuk. Who are their other wide receivers? Ray Ray then has Danny to play, Gray. nonstop, yeah, Ray non-stop Ray. and Danny Gray. I mean, that's that gets pretty dire pretty quick. Because yeah. you'd say, well, when they start with Debo Ayuk and Juwan Jennings, you go, that's probably one of the better three man units in the league, right? Just in terms of their high end. Yeah, I mean, and they've, and they've distributed pretty
3: well. Um, now, obviously, George missed. A little time, but Ayuk, thirty-two catches. Debo, thirty-two catches. Kittle, twenty-five catches. So how many, you know, catches, does Juice not- how many catches does Juice have? Like ten, twelve? Uh, he has eleven catches on fifteen targets. You know not just per catch averages. Why well, would have been
4: nine? I'd guess about nine of them have been for first downs, wouldn't you? Uh, that is very close. Seven of his plays have been for first downs. Yeah, obviously, Debo D- would be a massive loss. I think check is. Not Debo level, but not – he's fucking way more important than Jawan Jennings. If you tell me Jawan Jennings missed the game, like whatever. I would say both – yeah, I mean, yes, I I'm not saying whatever. I'm just – if I had to do a hierarchy, I would go Debo one of just the skill guys. Debo one, Juice to me would be a clear two over Jawan because of his impact as well in the running game.
3: We'll go back to the Niners-Rams game a few weeks ago. Juszczyk and Jennings combined for three catches. Juszczyk had one for 35 – jennings had one for 10 and one for 12 so you know you're gonna get three two first down catches a game out of those two guys like big ones like third and eight third and 11 right it just happens every game one from jennings one from one from juice does
4: it ever end that's what I, i'm being serious like doesn't ever end does do they ever just have like a five week a month stretch where it's like god that was pretty healthy or is it just this is just the kyle shanahan experience because you would I say so far this is the kyle shannon experience yeah i don't think you can count
3: on i don't think you can go well the football guy it's gonna correct itself because partly it's this you know if it's these players it's partly it's the same players right debos had hamstring groin like this has been a thing with debo before
4: you know like when you're playing golf and just you know your ball's going a certain way you're like it's just going right every time i hit and then, like, you get to, like, the 13th hole, and you just go, maybe this is the time I hit it down the middle. And then it just never goes down the middle all day. Like, it does feel like that with the 49ers. Like, it only goes down the middle on right. the widest fairway with no OB. <laughs> that time it goes down the they, middle. They would pray. At the just Now, you could say the bye week's coming at a good time, but in a weird way, it feels like the bye week for the 49ers is pretty irrelevant when it comes to injuries. I'm not yeah, saying it hurts, but it doesn't, like, make them any healthier I'll tell you the, the thing that hurts about the bye week is it feels like you might need the week
3: that it's, I mean, it all works out in the end. So it's just a perception, but like you can't, you know, we'll see what happens if they're three and five. Like you can't take time off at three and five. You got to get back to work at four and four. Like, but anyway, Debo specifically, who knows? I, you know, I'd love to tell you, I think he plays because this game is important and Debo tends to play. And you've got the, you know, one thing where the bye week does help you is, If you have guys that are a little banged up, maybe you try and push it a little bit. Hamstrings, but it's you know you don't want to hurt a hamstring worse and have them out in two weeks. But you really need this game.
4: I remember the one thing I remember about 2020, besides the last couple weeks when their entire team was in a box at the Arizona Stadium, like their entire team, (laughs) it was like that's like their starting lineup was just in the box, all injured. Was there was a play? I forget which week, but like. Remember, Debo had hamstring injuries that week. And there was a play where he caught the ball and went out of bounds. And maybe like the step before, the step right after he hit the white line, like he pulled up. That's a visual I would want no part of the fun. the Niners. So as shitty as it would be to risk going three and five, I cannot have him like grade two hamstring out a month. Right? Because, yeah, okay, you only missed three games at a four, but that's a major blow. Kind of like the Bosa thing. You know, could if it was the Super Bowl or the NFC championship game, could he have played the Atlanta Falcon game? Probably, you know. I, I would guess maybe. Right? Yeah, yeah. But they gave him the week and then it looked like I mean, actually his speed he was too fast getting up the field and he used it against him. But like he looked pretty normal to me. You know, he had the sack, he just looked like if you feel like it's that, then I I I don't know, man. I, I can't risk it. I, I can't. Because the one thing would have been like, well, we pushed it the Atlanta game, and he's out too much. You'd be like, oh, that's you're fucked. Your season's over. You're saying with I would Debo this week. You would not push it. That's what you're saying. I would have to feel like he's unhurtable, which is clearly never a case with a 49er player. I, I would if he can't practice all week because it's tight. He ain't playing, which sucks. Like you said, it's. uh Kyle Shanahan plays in more must win games on October 30th than any good coach. You know, which is up for debate. People are like he sucks, but you know what I mean. I honey mean, coach, it, sees, is, but-
3: it is unbelievable. It is so true. It's like college football level must win games in October.
4: Well, it's weird. Like for the Rams, for example, they lose this, their season is in major trouble. But you'd go, well, they've been in multiple Super Bowls. They won one. They've been in the playoffs basically every fucking year. And the one year they missed, they went nine and seven. Like, are they in any must win games this year? Uh, Sean McVeigh would say, yeah. Right, they—they they, mean just not, for making the playoffs. I, I'm just saying the way they're judged on the outside, right? If they have a eight nine year, is that big a deal in the no, grand scheme no, of things? No. If Kyle Shanahan has an eight nine year, is this a pretty? Deal, a big, deal. an
3: utter disaster. It's a big deal. And look here here's the thing. I watched some of Sean McVay, um, his Wednesday press conference, I guess, today, and he feel uh, just watching him. I don't watch him every week, but I see a fair amount of him. He, he he was pretty. He was a pretty comfortable guy. Like he seemed that you know they they're coming off the bye. They're three and three. I think they feel good. We can talk more about them. They feel good because they got their center Brian Allen coming back. Van Jefferson, remember, left the Super Bowl celebration because his wife was having a baby. Had a <laughs> knee had a knee surgery, and he's back this week. I don't know if he's going to play yet, but he's been a limited participant in practice. So they actually feel like they got some good
4: vibes going. The Rams. Um they you listen like, to Schrager, you listen to Schrager last week with Rosilla? No. He said last week when he flew in he knew McVeigh was on a buy he texted him like you want to meet up to get a drink. And McVay's like, just come over to my house. So he went over to his house, hung out on Saturday. Yeah. And he was kind of reiterating the way you're saying he's like, I was expecting him to be kind of down, have some like cocktails kind of bitching and moaning. He's like, he was in pretty good spirits. Like, we've had some injuries. He's like, you know, obviously Stafford's been banged up. He didn't feel like all is lost on the season. That's yeah, I again, He was I, basically saying I have know for a long really time really and about. I was surprised on his his upbeat energy. That's the vibe. I mean, that they, Wickersham article, right, says that like you know, he's a guy that handles losing not well. He looked fresh to me. He looked fresh. Um and you they did feel- upgrade houses. I
3: I've read. I think his house is pretty I, incredible. Well, he just got to spend this probably his first time in a th- th- two months at the house then. Yes, yeah, you true. know. Um, but this makes it then a, you know, it's a big game for Christian McCaffrey immediately. McCaffrey, remember, played against the Panthers two weeks ago. The Panthers last game before, uh, not the Panthers, the Rams. The Rams last game before the bye was against the Panthers and Christian McCaffrey. It was the Christian McCaffrey showcase game. We talked about this on the pod. The Panthers put him on display that day. Christian McCaffrey against the Rams had 20 touches for 158 yards eight yards per touch okay 13 carries for 69 yards seven catches for 89 yards he is not Debo Samuel they are different but he had kind of a an old school 2021 Debo Samuel game the last time he played against the Rams and um, so on one hand you go the Rams just saw him but on the other hand if Debo can't play then I think the Rams defense and the Rams as a team are coming for these you know the Niners talked a lot of shit last time and McCaffrey's gonna have to kind of what is it cash the cash those checks that Debo wrote although Debo it's not Debo's fault but McGlinchy pointing at Jalen Ramsey right De- Debo um, did talk some shit after the game too. But, he, but he like to me yeah. like he has he's allowed heard, to yeah he it was he did it
4: like he did the deed you know so, because didn't uh, he say like I wasn't quite sure what he was trying to do when he said Jalen was backing up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the Glinchy thing is, a Glinchy pointing in his face, and the Niners look. The Niners have beat them a lot
3: in the regular season, oh, so wow. they've they have earned that as a team. But McCaffrey was not a part, so McCaffrey's got to like if there's no Debo, don't you agree? Like this is going to be a lot of, and K- I think Kittle will have to like the yak. Like dudes are going to be coming in to make stops. But this could be a McCaffrey game. This could need to be a
4: McCaffrey game. I saw a clip yesterday from practice that McCaffrey was taken just running routes on air, which isn't that crazy. I bet in McCaffrey's career, he doesn't just run like running back drills. He is a hybrid. I do wonder if he's getting legit cross training like this week that they could just put him in the slot. Yeah. Right, like legitimately, just put him in the slot, or find out can we put him on the outside? Because here's what happens if Debo they, they did play. last
3: week. Remember that play that we were talking about where Juszczyk
4: had to tell him where to line up. You're right. I, I would guess there would be some legit wide. If Debo and Jawan Jennings are out, he's probably playing some wide receiver this week, which he should because the other thing is like losing Juice. Like Juice is another guy that could line up in the slot several times a game. So that's and part a, of the and, play.
3: and is a tough guy,
4: right? And breaks yeah. tackle and <clears throat> brings. The- I and do on. wonder if if Debo and Jawan Jennings are out, that's pretty easy for the Rams then to just have number five fall around 11. Like, I would imagine IU sees Jalen Ramsey the entire game. Like, that's just why, – why would you not, right? Yeah. You'd put your best corner on their best wide receiver, and then you basically – I saw our guy Akash tweeted out a couple last night. Not still What? What do you say? That was a, on a verathon, I think is the last name. I, oh, I didn't even, didn't even attempt. I'll just, I got a uh, he, pronunciation he had some good right still here. photos of Ty Davis Price. There was just an underrated part of Elijah Mitchell's game. Honestly, it's probably what he hangs his hat on because he's not super fast. He's not super big. It's he's just a natural. And there are holes in the Shanahan offense that it's not predicated right. Like when I was at Fresno State, and then Andy ran the same play, like the power. You pull a guard, you pull both guards, and you lead up with a fullback, the hole is set. Like you know within five or six feet, like where you're going. Kyle's offense and just the zone running scheme in general is a lot predicated on feel. Like it's an outside zone, but you you're allowed to cut it completely back if it's there. Some big runs happen. Ty Davis Price went the wrong way on a couple. And I do wonder if like he's not quite ready. Like he's very, definitely very talented, but like on that specific zone running scheme that it, this year might be somewhat of just a complete learning and, you know, just, so and how guys, that works. well, you know, the knock, like I remember Darren McFadden, there are certain players that actually don't uh, Adrian Peterson. Like they just want to specifically be told where to go and then let me cook. Like it's, I got no problem. And Ty Davis price, wouldn't you say kind of falls under this umbrella, like lowering a shoulder, breaking a tackle. Just tell me what to hit. All hit it and fuck. I, I got no problem trying to run the guy over. And you watch his LSU tape, like that's kind of what he was doing. Elijah Mitchell's much more like kind of feeling Frank Gorish, right? And that makes me a little nervous. This gets back to McCaffrey. Like, you kind of need him to be your backup running back as well. I, I know he's technically your starter, but you know what I mean? Like, he's got to basically split, uh, he's got to take a ton of carries as well with Wilson. Cause ideally, you would just kind of use them all over the place if Debo's out and have just your running backs just p- hammer the ball between the tackle. And then, you know, like two or th- maybe more than two, but like five true carries that he's going to take big hits. And then a lot of like wheel routes, slot routes, screen plays to McCaffrey. Yeah. But do you kind of need him to run the ball if you don't feel Ty Davis Price is fucking but, ready to just hit it? Yeah, I mean, Jeff Wilson carried the ball well last week, right? Which does free McCaffrey up a little bit. True, but like if you're going to run like – if you plan on going into the game twenty-five carries, okay. So I am giving Wilson ten to twelve, you, right? Yeah, fifteen. Yeah. You know, there is another ten. Like if well, I don't maybe trust, it's
3: back to Debo gets five,
4: right? They kind of moved away from that, but he's out. Is what I am saying. Oh, I see what you are saying. Yeah. So McCaffrey yeah. kind of has to take that role. Iuke jet sweep, and this this is where this the trickle down effect happens so fast, right? you just you feel like, God, the Niners have an unlimited amount of weapons. Now it's like, well, shit. I mean, we need McCaffrey to move over here. Now we're missing juice. It, it is an argument, and we did talk about this. It is an argument if you want
3: to make a for-the-trade argument. If you can play a receiver, it works. Yeah, that you get running backs hurt. You've got some receivers that have been hurt. So get a guy that can actually help you in both spots should you need help. Um, and, you know, maybe McCaffrey does. The other thing with him, you know, if he has a good game against the Rams and helps you beat the Rams, the team that you upped your bid to beat in the trade, right, and you traded a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth for him, that does help you make the argument. If it's like, well, we got him. They didn't get him. He helped us beat them. That that helps. Now, you don't remember that in three years if he's been hurt and you haven't won and all your you don't have any picks. Like, who cares that you won that one game October 27th of 2022? But right now, like they'll be walking around the offices next week on a bye, pretty satisfied with themselves if McCaffrey helps them beat the
4: Rams, specifically because, you know, they wanted them. You want to wanna hear the stat of the day? Now, this is all predicated. If Tampa loses tonight to the Ravens, uh huh. The Panthers can beat the Atlanta Falcons this week and be in first place. Wow. (laughs) Wow.
3: Now, I will say, they are not beating the Falcons this week. To me, the Panthers have the classic college football thing. Like, coach gets fired, interim coach takes over. Now, they actually lost right away first, right? This was Steve Wilkes' second game. The Niners got him fired, then they played a game, then they beat the Bucs. Oh, yeah, because they played the Rams. They lost to the Rams. So, But this happens all the time in college. In the Pac-12, you and I both watch it. It's happened twice already this year. Herm got fired. New coach takes over. Upset Washington. Colorado. Their coach get fired. Interim coach takes over. They beat Cal. Yeah. The Colorado got r- run the next week.
4: I, I would say it's a power five in NFL consistent. Like, you usually get an inspired effort. And if you don't, it's time to just cut a lot of people. I also the think the, the Bucks, in a
3: weird way, have, like, less juice than the Falcons do right now. Now we'll see Thursday night. They like the Bucks think they belong in a game with the Ravens, right? Like that's a powerful oh, yeah. again. The college football thing is like that's you know, when LSU plays uh a Cincinnati, all I'll do respect to Cincinnati. Now they might give them more respect. But like four years ago, you play Cincinnati in a bowl game, you're like, fuck this. And then Cincinnati yeah. wins. And Auburn, I maybe they beat somebody, Auburn or LSU. Well, you know, they beat Georgia
4: the year Alabama Georgia. beat Georgia in the They're SEC in championship chance, game. Like, and they beat the, it, Georgia players
3: are like, well, I don't even want to be here. Now the Panthers did kick. I watched a fair amount of that game. They kicked the Bucks' ass. Like they scored real touchdowns in that game, yeah, not real ts stuff. Uh, but <laughs> that's a hell of a nugget. That is a hell of a nugget. Yeah, it'd be, yeah. Anyway,
4: McCaffrey game. This would be on the flip side of that. I, I'm, with, I'm with you on the value. If he can, I mean, we know he can, but like he's got to do it. the value goes dramatically up and you feel less like nitpicking over. Was it really worth all these, like to me, a fifth and a fourth round pick mean nothing to me, especially a future fifth. Like uh, that means nothing to me. You could argue the fourth round, but like second and third round players. I mean, they, they do mean something to me. I, I, I've said over and over, I, I don't put that much stock in once we get to day three and they start going to like the Colts, you know, uh, it was, Reggie Reggie Wayne from the zoo. You know, I once you start doing that, but the second day is a real day, right? Where you're getting starters, and that's yeah. and they're cheap, so it, it allows you when you have second and third round picks to. I, I just think to like make make moves. And now you you know historically, like the Niners got Trent Williams for a third, the Eagles got Darius Slay for a third. So obviously, it costs money to get good players, older veterans. And this one was unique because you were in a bidding process. But when you are a Swiss Army knife, and which that's always he's hung his hat on, and I think, wouldn't you say when he got dr- on draft night when Christian McCaffrey went eighth, that was kind of like, damn, yeah, people was. thought he was going to go in the first round. Yeah, I I, I wasn't the biggest fan because I of thought the he guy was or the pick of the player because I didn't envision him being able to be like a sweet running back. I knew he could be a sweet wide receiver, but I was like. In the top twenty, you're going to take basically Julian Edelman meets Wes Walker, even if he can become the best slot. I thought it was kind of great, but he's a great to running back. Get a cross racial comp. Uh, Jarvis Landry meets uh, Alvin Kamara, <laughs> but he he's a he's an elite player, and then it turns out the knock on him was more just can he stay healthy, and now for the first time in a long time, because he's only played on shitty teams, like a lot of people are like, how does he look? with all the chips on the table. Like that that Rams game, for example, when he clearly got the classic, like, put you on a showcase, that game meant nothing ultimately, right? So Mm -hmm. it's this is big. Like he's, every tackle he breaks, every touchdown he scores, every game that he allows them to miss an all-pro. Think about that. Like, hey, man, uh, we need to step up because we're missing our all-pro, Debo Samuel, who we just gave $60 million to. Yeah, who carried us to the NFC fucking championship last year. Can you do that against this team toe to toe against this team? Well, you don't just need me to try to save Matt rules job and catch balls from Teddy Bridgewater. No, like this is one twenty five game Fox. It's going to have 15 million people watching. Yeah, Burkhart's
3: coming in on the jet after a game.
5: We think I mean, do
3: they play Friday, Saturday. Is Burkhard call World Series games or Joe Davis? No, he does the studio though. Like the they are on site. Is it Friday, Saturday World Series games or Friday, Sunday? Uh Friday, Saturday. Yeah. So
4: Burkhart will be in on the jet Sunday morning. Yeah. Fox is obviously Fox is smart, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we'll compete with the Big Ten and some of our other stuff, but we ain't messing with uh, the National Football League. Um all right, so let's talk about just the game in
3: general, right? The the implications, John. Let's talk about implications. Uh, The Niners are three and four. You just said that if the Panthers win, and if you're watching this after the fact, you already know, but if the Bucs lose, the Panthers are in first place in that division. Panthers and Falcons have both beat the Niners, which is part of the reason the Niners are in this spot. Um, Meanwhile, you know, the Rams are uh, three and three. So if they lose, they're three and four, but it just feels like they're in a different world. Then there's a difference between three and four and three and five, three and four. You just a win away, you can get things even. That's where the Niners are now, but heading into a bye at three and five would feel pretty bad. Even in an NFC that is, you know, has the Giants in the playoffs right now, uh, has has uh, uh, the Bucks who are not playing great football in the playoffs right now, uh, has the Seahawks in the playoffs right now. We'll see. The Vikings are five and one, and obviously clearly in the playoffs right now. So that's a lot of. You know, there are there are spots that maybe could change, but eventually you gotta go win games. Like you gotta go get above five hundred if you're gonna be
4: a playoff team. Sherman had Bobby Wagner on the podcast this week. Yeah. And I was like, I, I clicked on it because I was like, I wonder if they'll talk a little shit about Russ. And I actually didn't listen for that long, so I never got that far. But one thing Bobby Wagner's like, you know, obviously the records in this division aren't maybe as good as they have been the last couple years at this point in time. That was widely considered one of the best divisions in football. But he's like, I still like on a weekly basis, you turn on like these teams. He's like, the Cardinals just get Hopkins back. And all of a sudden, if they win this weekend, which I don't think would be crazy on the road at Minnesota when everyone's going to be picking the Vikings off a bye. Well, Arizona's kind of coming off a bye too. Do you know their record? I heard a stat today that the Cardinals with DeAndre Hopkins averaged 27 points a game and without him, averaged 18 in a lot over the life of his three years with Kyler Murray. So it's a it's a big deal. And Seattle, you and I were talking before we hopped on, obviously play the Giants, which is crazy. This is not this would have been the classic game if you just like looked over the schedule like on this given week. You're like, yeah, not watching this one. I mean it's if Seattle wins this game, they're five and three and clearly in first place. And like you said, the Niners and the Rams, like if the Rams were to win this game, the Niners would be in last place. Well I'll give you a stat on that that Giants Seahawks game. It's the only game in the league this weekend between two teams with winning records. If I would have told you at the beginning of the season that coming into Week Eight, that the Giants and at Seattle, in terms of the playoffs and being top in their division, would be dramatically bigger than the Packers going to the Bills, you would have been like, "Shut up!" Right? Yeah. Yeah. Now you could argue it's the Packers Bills game is pretty big because the
3: Packers win it they're four and four it'd be a
4: hell of a win for them but right? wouldn't you argue that at the beginning of the season we talked about it with the Chiefs Bills right probably the number one draft pick just Bills at Chiefs I mean that might just be the best game on paper wouldn't Packers at Bills been a probably a top five game on paper yeah and it still is I'm not I was, I mean Sunday night has it for a reason but Giants Seattle it's weird it doesn't even feel like it's saying it but. If Seattle wins this game five and three, they're in pretty incredible position. You know, like they're not – they're just not going away. They've already got a two-game lead on being over – I mean, a two-game uh, cushion over being over 500, right? I mean, for the Niners to get two games over 500, they have to win three games in a row. Like, so it just it just gets to the swing. Like, the NFL is not baseball. You just get to play every week. And I, I'm not a Kyler and Cliff guy. Everyone knows that. But holy shit, I mean, they win this weekend – it feels like you could just fucking light them on fire, dump them, in, and the season was over. And all of a sudden, they're four and four, and they really haven't played anyone in their division yet, guy.
3: I know, and and I, as I said the other day, at this point, I have a hard time envisioning the Niners sweeping the Cardinals and beating the Seahawks again. Now, I don't have a hard time envisioning them beating the Seahawks, but if you just said, "Are they going to win all three of those games?" at this point, you'd have to say, "No, they're not." Now, if they win, if they beat the Rams, they hit the buy at five hundred. They play the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Dolphins. After that, who's this? The Niners. The Niners, yeah, yeah. They play the Bucks, which I don't, you know, I don't care what happens. And again, we'll see what happens Thursday night. I, I think the Bucks are going to be fun, formidable. You're not chalking them up, but you're not chalking up the Seahawks. You're not chalking up the Cardinals. You're not chalking up the Chargers. But those are all games that the Niners are very capable of winning, especially if they come out of the bye a little healthier. So, here's the other thing: if the Rams win. Now, I know the Rams won the playoff game last year, but the Niners have owned them, and they continue to own them in the regular season. Seven straight in the regular season. So the Rams can kind of break that spell a little bit. I think that's probably part of the reason why the Niners felt so comfortable kind of just talking about the Rams the way they
4: talk about the Rams, is that they have beat them a lot, a lot. Well, It'd it feel a little bit like the Titans and the Colts. It just feels like every time I watch Titans and the Colts, I don't really watch it, but every time I check in on the scores, Titans win every single time. Yeah. It feels like they just dominate them. The difference is like the Titans go to the playoffs every year. The Colts do not. Like the, the Rams have been really formidable. It's if they do win this game and they've won four straight years of sweeping the Rams, how many teams that have been four straight years as a playoff team? Now, who knows if the Rams end up making the playoffs get swept every year by a team in their division? Like that's that's probably pretty we would have to get some ESPN stats and info, which I'm sure will come out if the Niners do it. There'll probably be some crazy data behind it because it, it would be, it would feel pretty unprecedented. The Lions get swept all the time by the Packers. Like, oh, yeah, no shit. Or the Bears. Like, we get right. it. The Rams, w- when they're winning double digit games every single year, get swept by a team in their division. That's, this game is massive, obviously, divisionally. The, looking at the Cardinals' schedule after this week, they do go Rams or they do go Seattle, Rams, Niners. So like in about four weeks, I think we're going to get a lot of clarity on the Cardinals. And like you said, the Niners just, it will be a major kick in the nuts going to the buy at three and five. It, it would be, listen, I mean, there are some shitty teams. Obviously the Jags are struggling and the, who knows, they might lose. I, I guess if the Broncos were to lose this week and the Niners were to lose this week, you might give the nod to the Broncos just given that they're two and six. That's pretty crazy but they did beat the Niners. So the Niners are three and five who had Super Bowl aspirations and uh, universally were getting picked to make the playoffs and are three and five. And, the, and one of their losses is do it. The two and six Broncos. Like that's, I, I would put them head for head right there with the Broncos as a disappointment. Cause you could argue and I kind of did like, are we sure Nate Hackett? And it, it's kind of playing out that way. I did. I did argue. I, th- I said, I thought they'd finish last in their division. You did. I don't think I did. So that's, that's a good pick.
3: But so my point is, I would admit, I would say the Niners
4: are a bigger disappointment. If so they, two and it's two and six Broncos, three and, three and five, you would give the Niners bigger without
3: notch. question, absolutely, not even close. If they lose this game, biggest disappointment of the first half of the season. I agree. Still could dig out of it, but it's like how many times you got to win games eventually. Butcherbox.com/slash/ham and another special
5: deal: free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast.
2: Um, uh, oh, and
3: seven. Oh, the thing about the seven wins in a row too, is like it's not. You know, the last game was twenty-four to nine, kind of misleading, right? How the Niners, win, the Niners,
4: win seven games in a row. And they went three and five. How would they even pull off ten? Is that even possible? What, what seven in a row against the Rams in the regular season? I guess they just you just need to win seven more games out of the ten if you're or out of the nine. So you oh, basically have to go. Finishes. I'm saying to get to 10 and seven, when you're three and five, you have to go seven and two. Yeah. Which, Which cr- doesn't feel hard. like they did, but They're I guess hard. they did it.
3: Yeah. um, But it's not as if these Rams games are just, you beat a team seven times in a row. You think you just must kick their ass every time. You know, one thing, these, the wins for the Niners, one common thread, one thing that pops up from time to time is not just a pick, but a pick six, right? Who had to pick six in the last meeting. Niners got to the third quarter with the lead, which turns out to be a very key statistic for the 49ers. But they scored two two offensive touchdowns the last time they played the Rams. Debo had the big one. Remember, Jeff Wilson had a big run in the game. On a good drive, it wasn't like some freak thing, but the Debo play was a third and three. Robbie Gold hit a field goal, and Talanoa Hufunga had a pick six. Like, that's how they beat the Rams 24-9. to Two stats for you. Both those Niner touchdowns were from outside of the red zone, right? Pretty sure the Jeff Wilson Jr. run was – like a 35-yarder, 32-yarder, and Debo's play was 57. The Niners had red zone trouble last week. We've seen them have red zone touchdown trouble. Two stats on the Rams. Number one, the Rams have allowed just four red zone touchdowns this year. That's that's pretty good in only yeah. 12 red zone trips. The Rams are the only team in the NFL that have not yet benefited – from a pass interference penalty on the opposing defense. Think about That's that. pretty crazy. That makes no sense. Now, maybe they've declined one or two. I, that is a crazy stat. But the Niners' defense right now feels like it's at a fork in the road, John. They they got their asses kicked. And there have been a lot of numbers since the Chiefs game about how historically bad it was. It was like DVOA, worst defen- eighth worst defensive performance since 1981 or something like that. I don't know if you saw that one. But well, that was one of the defensive nuggets on the Niners last week. And there's been talk, you know, is Jimmy Ward happy with his being used as a uh a nickelback? And I I saw, you know, Grant Cohn tweeted the Niners are costing him money by using him as a nickelback. And Armstead, Kyle Shanahan can't even articulate what his injury is because it's oh, it's the foot and it's the heel, and they kind of connect. And I I I stay out of it you know, all that type of stuff, Greenlaw, Al Shire, like the the guys who are beat up and not practicing or partially participating is long. But they got embarrassed last week with Nick Bosa on the field, with Fred Warner on the field, with Emmanuel Mosley on the field, right? Mosley? Those guys, huh? Not Emmanuel Emmanuel, Mosley. Sorry, uh, Traverius Ward. Yeah. Mooney is what got me confused there. They got embarrassed with their best defensive players on the field. So my question is, are the Niners all pissed? At, like, are people in a little bit of disarray? I won't say pissed at each other. But is this defense in disarray? Or are they about to respond to what the Chiefs did to them? Because I do think the defense, as unpopular as this would be this week, I will defend them a little bit in the sense that while they gave up a ton of points and a ton of scoring drives, I think if their offense scores touchdowns, that game plays out differently for them. Like, I think this is these are team games and yes, the offense operates and the defense operates. They're not on the field at the same time, but I don't think they operate completely independent of one another and in a bubble, and I think when you miss opportunities on offense and then the deep, like these things to me work together from a field position standpoint and just from a tone of the game standpoint, and the, the 49ers offense did not help the 49ers defense last week, and to me, if you're going to get historically beat up for it to happen by Patrick Mahomes while not quote-unquote, okay, to me, if Mahomes does it to you and Andy Reid does it to you, it's not necessarily a, a complete indictment that your defense is no part of what everybody thought it was. Now, maybe it's not historically great, but it, I, I don't come away from that game last week going, well, guess the Niners' defense can't carry them anymore. They were a bunch of frauds. That's not how I feel about them. But I do think this is a big game for them. Like, what was last week against the Chiefs? In part, will they can change what that game was. It, it was either a one-time occurrence that you throw away weird shit happens. Sometimes we were playing an all time great quarterback, or it was the turning point in how we view them. And, and I think this Rams game for them, like I, I think it's a big game for them. I no, think it's a yeah. really big game for them.
4: <laughs> I, I heard a stat today that, uh, you know, that a lot of the that a lot of like the junkies go off of like, obviously the stat nerds, but also the gamblers are the yards per play. Yeah. It's, it's a big one is that the Arizona Cardinals are 20th on on defense. But if you siphon out week one against the chiefs, when they got same type deal happen with the Niners, they're ninth. And and the point that is just that I I think he kind of, if it's happens three out of the nine games or seven games or whatever, then it can be like, you've got some major holes, but if it's just the one team whose high end clearly is the highest right behind Buffalo, like I would put Buffalo in the same category, like if you if your buffalo game you lose 48 to 10 and every other game that your defense is top half of the league you have a top half of the league defense you're just playing the best team in the league you're they're going to beat you most of the time right it's like i'm a great defender in the in basketball what do they always say well great offense always beats great defense in basketball like there's just kobe's on michael's on giannis is on lebron's on there's nothing you can do and i would put mahomes and josh allen in that category now so I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt if the defense keeps rolling, and I'm with you. Like I, I've watched the Cardinals a decent amount; like they do, got some guys that fly around as well. Now the Niners' high end is higher than the Cardinals. Obviously, their pass rush is a lot better. But I, my point is, like I, I think you can. When the season plays out, I think it might turn out that the the Chiefs are a, are an outlier for a lot of teams. If, if your defense is good, now if your defense is bad, it might not matter. But like the Niners clearly went healthy. Now here's the thing, and I saw someone. There was someone crunching the numbers, and it's right. One thing I noticed last week, the Chiefs' offensive line is very physical, which is ironic because they actually are just a pass team more than a run team. But a couple times last week, I thought just on just some basic between-the-tackle runs, the fucking defensive linemen, especially the tackles, were getting destroyed. And luckily, this matchup – I mean – their starting running back, they they basically sent home, right, Cam Akers. I mean, Sean McVay hates him. It's weird. Like, clearly Sean McVay really hates this guy, yet he was way more publicly mean to Jared Goff than he ever has been for all these other guys. Like, this would be one where, like, I fucking can't stand this guy. But you're trying to trade him. I I get it. Uh, You're eventually – I guess the Niners do get a little lucky, too. Like, the Chargers don't have a big power running back. Maybe it's just the league. Because as long as Kinlaw and Armstead are nowhere to be found – They are very, very susceptible to someone running it down their throat. So the Rams, Chargers, Cardinals, they actually just get pretty lucky. Like, to me, the Seahawks would be a bad matchup for them right now if they wanted to play that way, right? If Kenneth Walker is just going to be humming. Mm. But to me, your defense, like, they want to throw it. And the Niners love when the Rams throw it because they can get after their defensive line. Now, I was at that Week 18 game. And it, it the Niners, I, I've never seen a 17-3 halftime score that felt more like 50 to nothing. And part of it was, remember, Jimmy was atrocious. Now, Trent Williams didn't play. And that was one of those, holy moly, you know. And he's playing this week, which is obviously huge. But Jimmy cannot, Jimmy cannot be a disaster. Now, I would also imagine, what would you guess the split is for the for the red versus the, I don't even, white and Blue, whatever the fuck they consider themselves. Yeah, 60-40, I don't know. Yeah. So it's it it'll, be lot, it'll be a lot it be a nine or game. Yeah. But Cooper Cup has been a major, major issue for them. If Stafford does not turn the ball over, which the last this year he did, that game he did, uh earlier in the season last year on that Monday night game he did. If he doesn't, like Cooper they they I, I don't know what you do to Cooper Cup heard him what did dan brown once famously say like how do you slow down reggie bush he said hurt him in warm-ups take him out in warm-ups <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like cooper cup has been um now listen he dominates again everyone but part of the reason it hasn't killed them right is their inability to run the ball and to stafford giving it to you like if stafford eventually just the law of averages you think we just have a game where he doesn't turn the ball over you didn't throw a touchdown last time too
3: now, Cooper had 14 for 122. Remember, Higby was good, too, but Cooper, but he did not throw a touchdown.
4: Stafford is a turnover machine right now. Matt Matt Ryan, I think, matched him. I think they're tied for the old... Uh, for the league lead? I think so, because I, I'm pretty sure I saw Matt Ryan had nine. Stafford had nine and didn't play last week, right? Well, yeah, Rams on a bye. Yeah. So, the league leader is... Actually, Matt Ryan took Savage, got eight. Matt Ryan's in the lead, mm. but Matt Ryan's going to end. So, <laughs> Matt Ryan's going to get passed by some people because, as you pointed out, it's the rest of the year thing. If Sam Ellinger sucks, does that mean they go to Nick Foles?
3: I, I, th- there is no way just they're going to let Sam Ellinger play the rest of the year if he sucks the whole time, nonstop. Just maybe it's Jim Ursay's ploy to get. The coach to quit, so they don't have to pay him. I don't know. I did see Urse tweeted today, though, John. A very powerful message. Do you see that?
4: What did he say? Uh, let me let me get you the exact verbiage here. I don't want to mess something. This, like this is this like is a problem point. for these two guys. Like Kenny Pickett and Mac Jones can't have six and seven interceptions. Can't, how does Kenny Pickett didn't even start the year? How does he have fucking seven picks? No wonder the Steelers got seven, seven picks? picks. Kenny Pickett, he didn't start for several games because of Mitchell. Can you pick it as four starts? Three starts, actually. It played the game. Mac Jones is six. He's
3: missed a couple. Uh, Jim Irsay tweeted, beginning tomorrow, October 27th, so this was yesterday, I guess, on your viewing device, 27 straight days of football. Human civilization is hereby reached its zenith. Is he factoring like Mac?
4: Not must, must Jones, but, but Mac who's Jones. Playing, who's playing football next Tuesday? Got to be a Maxion team who plays football on Wednesday. Yeah,
3: well, actually, I've seen a few people tweet this. So I don't know. I don't know. Here's
4: what I got to say Spring League, like. I'm good with Tuesday and Wednesday. like not having something else going on. Like I, I can well, watch. I, I, I,
3: I know, can. but most people don't work in sports, you know, maybe they want to watch football every day,
4: but they don't. I mean, I'm we've watching. seen the matching numbers. It's let's face it. We well, watch football on.
3: action on Saturday afternoon. They play on Saturdays too. It's not a
4: day thing. I know, but, but that's one thing they really like to hang their hat on is the match Cause who else is going to play on Tuesday and Wednesday? They're just Getting a better you know,
3: number that day than they'd get on Saturday. Right. Well,
4: exactly. Like my point is I'm cool with football being, thursday friday saturday sunday monday and then just taking a little netflix hulu break for a couple nights i oh, yeah, understood i got you which I, I think i recommended the uh early on the steve Carrill patient where he's yeah, locked I in click you on know it, yeah. i i would pivot and say it's not as good as i thought it had a chance to be i, I think i bet on the guy and as the series went on not much happened okay and again Appreciate i just bet you. on the guy and I get he self produced it and it was his pet project, but it's just kind of boring. Kind of boring. Got it. Didn't watch. Who is the uh, the 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 serial killer? Who
3: the, you know the people were? Uh, oh, Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey Dahmer. I did not watch it because I told uh, Alyssa I'm not going to watch it, so you can watch it without me. She watched it, described it to me, and I was very happy that I didn't watch it. It's an easier watch though than like I just the fascination with like the mind of a serial killer. I don't really have it. I'm not fascinated by the mind of a serial killer. Don't really care. Don't fucking yeah. I, I could pick. I mean, I'm no profiler, but probably had a tough childhood, abused mind of a serial killer. I
4: no, actually, the Dahmer's thing, his dad was actually a softie. Well, what? <laughs> that
3: was the other thing she told me. She's like, His dad, I, I my thing was like, did they do anything about what it's like to be Jeffrey Dahmer's parents? Are they still alive? That must be da- fucking dad's insane. still alive. Dad's still alive. That yeah. must be insane. Give me a thing about him. He didn't kill anybody. I
4: i'm with you i i'm more fascinated by i've always been fascinated by the mob and the cartel because that i'm always a, like these nah, guys are incredible that. business people if they just give focus on the right thing they would make a ton of money but they're always <laughs> it's just hard once you start I'm making you. the big cash and they can't pivot i get it you get stuck uh it was just it, it was well done like the acting was really good hmm. part of it wait it's wait not
3: acting it wasn't a documentary but they like re re yeah it's enacting. like basically
4: you know it's a Biopic, but that's that's where the dad I think came out and said that it was actually kind of bullshit. Now he part of it was, I mean, being a neighbor in this low income apartment building where he's like cooking it. It's just in the neighbor the smell. I mean, I can't even. Yeah, see, this is
3: where I, I just I don't
4: I don't want to live in that world. That world exists for so I I I could pass. Callum
3: says couldn't get over. There it was the same dad from Step Brothers? Is same dad. Was? Yeah, He did a good job. Did a good job. <laughs>
4: That's fantastic. Uh, all right. We mentioned 630 a.m. Well, well are, is there a chance? Obviously, some serial killers have just traumatic things happen to them or whatever. Is there also a chance that some people just get born really fucked up? You know, well, I'm not- yeah,
3: 100 <laughs> percent mental. Yes, absolutely.
4: Like really, really fucked up. Like, not everyone like is said, just walking loaded miles. to be yeah, paid We'll put in.
3: that in the category. Abused, mental illness. I, I just don't, I, I don't wonder what makes a person, because it's it's not, it, it's just fucking, yeah, it's
4: nuts. It's insane. Well, is, that, is every stripper have daddy issues or some just people hoes? Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> you know? I guess if you're born with the name, there's some names that probably predispose you to. Well, Candy, the 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 show, the Hulu show with T- Timberlake's wife Beale, yeah, pretty pretty good, but not a stripper, not a stripper. That's just well, I mean, I'm trying to think back, I know. It was fair, maybe.
3: Yeah, did you watch? I watched show? the trailer. Yeah, <laughs> looks pretty creepy, actually.
4: You know, if we didn't have football on for twenty seven straight days, you could dive into it on a Tuesday or Wednesday. You know,
3: uh, I was going hard. I realized I'm like I've watched one episode of The Sopranos in like two months. I was watching three episodes a day for for a month, but. Football, football started. Uh, all right, we mentioned some of the games, John. Also, uh, Bears Cowboys is out there this week. Um, Cardinals Vikings again. Vikings are five and one. Cards are three and four. The two and four Raiders taking on the Den- Dennis Allen revenge game. Does Dennis
4: Allen get a revenge game at two and five? Saints. Yeah, Mark Davis, give him a hug. Remember, Mark refused to talk to him. Only went through Reggie. Remember that oh, one?
3: No, I, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I don't think Jeff Mark Davis passed. liked Dennis Allen. Did you see the Jeff Ulbrich? Clip going around social media on Thursday, Jeff Olbrich coaching where? Jets defense. No, what was he doing? So last year, Jets are five and two. Yep. Pats are three and four. Yep. Last year, the Patriots were up forty and were throwing deep balls. And Jeff Olbrich this week gave a press conference in which he said a whole lot of like, yeah, we haven't forgotten. Which, okay, you're the Jets and they're the Patriots. Let's see. It's, it takes balls to go into a Belichick game with a whole lot of we haven't forgotten stuff. He hates them, guy, with a hates, with an unbridled sorry, Jeff, passion. An, Robert
4: Fala, um... <laughs> you guys are just caught in the crossfire. It's not your fault. You had nothing to do with it. He hates you, hates you. So Which
0: can't didn't, Bill...
4: didn't he leave them? That's what's weird. Yeah, but
3: remember, like, they wouldn't let him. It was part, like, they didn't want to let him go. Remember, Bill had to, like, try and sneak out from under Parcells, and they wouldn't let him go. But isn't but, that kind of more on
4: Parcells? And the, Woody Johnson did not own the team. I,
3: uh, I don't know. I think the Jets, I, again, somebody might be a better, I'm sure it's a better historian on this. But my question is, does Bill have the wherewithal this week with Bailey Zappi Back and starting, uh, I think Bill even announced. Okay, two, You know the You seen the video, the Mac Jones videos going around? Because I remember seeing the Mac Jones slide where he got the. In baseball, it would be a bench-clearing brawl if you came in with your cleats as high as Mac Jones came in on Jaquan Brisker, kicked him in the nuts or something. Did he? Went, yes, but there was another clip that came out of Mac sliding and like he like s- s- sprays his legs out to try and catch somebody. And remember last year there was the play where he like held on and twisted. Whose ankle was that? Oh yeah. Is he like the Draymond of quarterbacks? He might be the Draymond of quarterbacks, yes.
4: Weird. weird I do game. like the I like the Patriots this week, don't you?
3: Uh I do. I mean it's it's Zach Wilson. Yeah. But it was Bill You know, Zach Wilson, does he have the capability to do what Justin Fields did last week? Like from a like physically, can he play that way? No. Right?
4: He's mobile, but he's not Justin Fields as a runner. What was I going to – do you know that the Jets have beaten Jacoby Brissett, uh, Kenny Pickett, I don't even know the – I forget the guy's name, Miami's third stringer.
3: Oh, uh, Skyler Thompson.
4: Given this, they did beat Aaron Rodgers, and then they beat uh, Jimmy Rippon. Brett (laughs) Rippon. Like, they're not exactly beating, you know, this week Dan Marino, Deshaun Watson, Roethlisberger, and Peyton Manning. Well, <laughs> and, but they're not exactly playing one of those guys this week either. No. It does feel that the way that they've played, uh, this is just a bad matchup. These, do you know their next three games? The Jets, they're five and two. They could be five and five quick. Patriots, Bills, Patriots. Patriots, Bills. Wow. Feels and, like the and, Jets
3: win one of the Patriots games.
4: Isn't that usually how it goes? Well, do you think they're going to go into New England and beat them? This would be the game, probably. Yeah. If they beat the Patriots and they're six and two after they just lost their running back and their star offensive lineman, that's a pretty incredible so- start by our old uh, our guy Robert Sala. Would be.
3: Uh, if your friends, if your enemy's enemy is your enemy. Then Commanders Colts is interesting because they both hate Carson Wentz. They play each other this week. Carson not playing. Uh, his replacement, Matt Ryan, not playing. So do with that what you will. Um, is he if, the key? if Carson was playing, I'd be very interested. What? That he buys Jordans in the color of the team he just beat? <laughs> I mean, what does he have? Like three? I mean, the shoes he was wearing were cool because they beat the Packers and they look like Oregon
4: Ducks Jordans. Yeah. I would say this, though. I don't know, a pair of green shoes, hard to mix and match. It's easier when you're an NFL quarterback. You look. You don't have to match. You can still probably look good. You're skinny, tall. That's a hard shoe to match. Wouldn't you agree? The green and white?
3: Yeah. And also, um, there's something to be said about you know, putting last week's game behind you, but you show up celebrating last week's win.
4: Are you allowed to hold on a little longer when you're not the starting quarterback? I don't think Maybe. Carson Wentz could do
3: that. He gets $125,000 bonus for every win. Heineke.
4: Jesus. I kind of like Heineke to go on a little run. Uh, checking his game log real quick. That's one Heineke of those that teams like have no problem putting in the deal. And then once, I guess you're cool with paying $125,000 for a win. You'd gladly do that. But it's one of those that like even when you're Heineke and you sign it, you realize, like, well, I could easily not have a start. But then all of a sudden, you're like, I could have like 10 starts. If I just went five of these, I could fucking bank another 800 grand. Yeah. <laughs> it's bad math. Be like seven. But
3: six. what happens when your team just needs like a tie in order to like, you know, get some weird tie break. Wasn't
4: that Jimmy's thing? Like, doesn't Jimmy get like Jimmy an extra 300 grand? Do. Jimmy makes good money.
3: Uh, Giant Seahawks. We talked about that game. Sunday Night Football Packers-Bills. Monday Night Football is uh, Eagles-Browns. And the 6-0 and eagles are hosting the two and five Pittsburgh Steelers. One nice. That's hour. not all the games, but that's um it's not a night game. That's just a Sunday Sunday afternoon game. Or is it a Sunday morning game? Steelers, Eagles is is, is after Sunday afternoon. So it's actually like a oh no, I take it back. That's a 10 a.m. sorry. That's a ten a.m. What do you think the line on that game is?
4: Do you know that this is Rogers? He's never been this big of an underdog in his life. What's their number? 11 and a half? Yeah.
3: Uh, That's got to be the... Wow, I did not know that. That's a great stat.
4: He's only been as a starting quarterback, I think, like a bigger underdog than six points three times in his career. And one was last year. Remember when they short week on the road against an undefeated Cardinal team and all those injuries and his whole team was missing and he fucking won? Honestly, kind of like the Packers this week because every human, every human is going to pick the Bills, think they're mm-hmm. going to kill them, and you're mm-hmm. going to look up. Now they might lose, and the Packers might just end up sucking, and they end up being like a six-win team. That could, but if, if you tell me that, th- if you tell me that it's they're a nine and eight or a ten and seven team, would it totally shock you if all of a sudden it's a tight game in the third quarter and the Packers are just having their kitchen sink? It game? would not totally shock me, but I mean, uh, uh, it would not totally shock me. I mean, it's e- easier for the Bills to overlook. That the Packers just aren't that good. If they were five and two, I would, you know, this line would probably be like four or five, and it'd be like, yeah, I'd like the Bills. But I just wonder if Bills coming off a bye, you're like, God, this Packer team sucks. You just, you just don't take an Aaron Rodgers team lightly, though. You know, you don't get that look past. I, I just kind of like the Packers. Gotta he's fix. an all-time great. He's an all-time great quarterback who still got it. Put it that way. I got a three-team parlay for you. Okay. It is the uh, the Lions. It is Lions plus three and a half at home against Miami. Three team money line parlay. I'm gonna go oh. Lions. Woo. I'm gonna go Dolphins. I'm gonna go Patriots and I'm gonna take the Packers. Pays about twenty two to one. Wow. I feel pretty good about just Lions and Patriots. Mm-hmm. That's that's about three and a half to one. Mm-hmm. If you want to get really bold, you, you have the Packers. It's three and a half to one? Is that what you said? Just the two teams. Just, it's three just, and a half to one. Well, because the Patriots are favored, so you're getting they're like minus 120. And then the Lions, you know, are three and a half point at home. They actually played – I watched a lot of that Cowboy game. They were right in that thing to like the fourth quarter. It was not – the final score looks bad, and if you flipped it on at the end, everyone's smiling and laughing. They're, they're basically clowning them. It was a tight game, and I think they had six turnovers, guy, the Lions. Six turnovers. I thought it was eight. Was it might, Well, it might have been eight total. I think maybe Goff threw, and fu- maybe he threw three and fumbled. Maybe he accounted for five, but wouldn't shock me if it was eight because a running back fumbled on the goal line. It had to be pretty high. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I just pulled up the box score. Eight feels like an NFL record.
3: Uh, yeah, eight. I feel like I heard eight, but then I said it out loud, and. Where's turnovers? Interceptions. Two. Couldn't have been eight. Where the fuck is fumbles? Oh, five. So it wasn't, t- so it was two picks, five fumbles, three lost fumbles. Oh, you know what it was? I think the game had eight f- eight turnovers because it was six. No, that's not right either. The Lions had five fumbles. They just lost three of them, but
4: geez. So they turned the ball over five times. They lost three no. fumbles and three yeah, yeah, picks? Yeah, right. Five turnovers. Yeah. Is that what you said? Five turnovers a lot in an NFL game. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. That's a problem. Wow. What was, what was the final score on that game? 24 to six. What was the score at halftime?
3: Uh, it was 14. No, it was six to three. The Lions. I, I'm telling you, the
4: Lions were right. I mean, yeah, the Cowboys scored with two minutes left to touchdown. The game was a lot closer than the, if you just look at the final score. The, the Cowboys
3: scored two touchdowns in the last two minutes and 50 seconds. I like the Lions this week. Do you know the Dolphins do not score a lot of points? Uh, John, I am I watched the Dolphins the other day, as you did. I think, I just, yeah.
4: I mean, Tyreek is fantastic. And Waddle is too. And Mozart. If you just watch like three plays, you'd be like, God, this offense, speed everywhere. They, they, they average like 18 points a game. I mean, they struggle to get over 20. Love the Lions this weekend. And I'm just betting on Belichick. I love that parlay. Just parlay those two teams. If you want to get bold at Rodgers, just because that takes the odds to a different stratosphere. Because they're almost 5 to 1 underdog at Buffalo. So you could argue it's pretty stupid.
3: <laughs> uh, all right. Anything to uh, rattle off here? Have a we, got, we got Thursday night football, college. If those of you watching live, if you're after the fact, you might miss it. But we got Utah Washington State football game tonight. That's a good game. So um, I don't know if it's any Friday college football games, but World Series. World Series starts Friday. Go Phillies. Go Phillies, man. No one uh, will see
4: the Astros win another. No, World Series. but not
3: a soul. Not. not a soul. I don't even know an Astros fan.
4: Would be kind of cool for Dusty Baker. That's the it's, only that's angst. the tough
3: part for me. It's like, I Dusty's cool. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, I've talked to Dusty many times over the years. When his son played at Cal, he'd always come out. And I'd be with JT, so they'd talk, snow. And, uh, you know, he came back for that. This is what he came back for. Once right, handed when... Russ Ortiz the ball as he walked off the mound, thinking it was the World Series was wrapped up. And then the
4: uh, Angels came back, and it was not wrapped. It's weird. Like, this isn't totally his team. Like, he came in last year in weird circumstances. But he's been there long enough. Like, this is kind of a squad. Like, he does have the heavy favorite in this series. <laughs> you know? he got the yeah, best man. team in the big leagues against a team that didn't win 90 games. The Phillies got home field advantage.
3: Don't the Phillies feel to you like the Giants teams that won World Series? Feel pretty good. Just like not the best team of baseball, not even close. But just mojo. The environment's crazy. They do have star players. Doesn't it kind of feel kind of like that? Yeah, I mean, they. they I get some Giants vibes from the from the Phillies team.
4: They but have the, more pop. They have more pop than all the Giants. Yeah, I mean, teams, they. Dude.
3: But I, they, they're less random <laughs> with some of their guys. But the Astros. I just watched. Them. I I did not think the Yankees could beat them going into that series. And the Astros have so much.
4: The Astros, I mean, are um, almost minus two hundred to win the World. I mean, they are heavy favorites in this yeah, thing. They, they look good. They're their bullpen's good. I've not watched as much of the Phillies, but I'm rooting for them. You kind of like the Phillies as an underdog story.
3: Why not? I mean, I, I I like I said, I haven't watched a ton of the Phillies. I've watched a fair amount of the Astros, and they like they are so confident right now. They are just cutting it loose. But it looks you, like the Phillies are too. So
4: six to one Phillies. Uh, to win in seven, six in and a seven. half to one, win in six. You can get oh. some pretty good odds on the Phillies to win.
3: I think the Astros bullpen. I, I I could not tell you a lot about the Phillies other than their
4: star players are awesome. But Kyle Schwarber, MVP, 14 to one. What mm-hmm. if he hits like
3: six home runs? You don't need to say hit three. I mean, what did, uh, well, I guess Pablo hit three in one game, didn't he? Verlander. Oh, yeah. and they swept them, didn't they? So like, so it was, was hard good. to like, yeah, yeah. you weren't going to get four games out of somebody.
4: Did Pablo win the MVP that one?
3: Yeah. So I mean, Schwarber hits three home runs. They, you know, well,
4: Verlander not Verlander nine to one to win MVP if he wins two games and they win the like, series five. would have to go a little longer, but yeah, he would come out of the bullpen at
3: some point. That's likely. I would not be surprised by that if it's a long series.
4: Where is? What position does Aaron Nola play? Is he a pitcher? Yeah, and it's his brother that's the hitter on the Padres. You see that? Like his brother plays for the Padres. You see the his like dad was at the game where? No, I didn't see that. His, his dad was brother. No, did you know his brother was in the big leagues? Yeah, I forget his first name, but I just knew that I knew there were two Nolas. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know he had a brother. I just knew like this Phillies guy's good, right? Like a legit pitcher. Yeah, Hawkins was telling like both they're like LSU guys. Oh. Like I mean they are like. I mean, they're not just like little engines that could that made it out of some little town. Like these guys are blue chippers.
3: There's usually not. No, when you get brothers, it's usually not like they were both five eight grinders.
4: <laughs> you know, like both of them. Yeah. You're like, where'd you find the Watt brothers? <laughs> uh, Wisconsin first rounders. Yeah. <laughs> the lines. Pass rushers in the big.
3: Where's 10? the other? But where's the tight end brother from? would he go to wisconsin also yeah austin nola there you go all right on that note thanks for hanging with us everybody holler at us tito's pictures tag us in them and um yeah you know where to find us all over share this with uh people you love and
4: people you hate
0: but don't hate too much waste your energy